What's up, everybody? Welcome to Crypto with Coop. I'm Coop, and this is the spot for fun, informative conversations with influential people in the crypto space. And today, I've got an excellent one, folks. I'm talking to Michelle Dada. Michelle is the co-founder of Rand Labs and C3 Protocol. He's been building on Algorand since before Mainnet. Rand Labs is responsible for things like MyAlgo Wallet and Algo Explorer. And C3 Protocol is a game changer, folks. If you've been paying any attention to what's going on out there, to things like Celsius, well, C3 Protocol is a derivative spot market cross-chain settlement protocol with no counterparty risk. It's got all the perks of a centralized system, but it's decentralized. You know what I'm saying? All right. In this conversation, we talk about his journey to Algorand, everything he's building, Algorand governance, Algorand consensus. And look, folks, this conversation is definitely worth listening to. All right. All right. Hey, but before we dive in, let's get a word from our sponsor, Headline Inc. Headline is building essential Algorand ecosystem tools. They just had a DEX go live on Testnet, HDX. It's a flat fee trading platform. It's actually free if you hold a Platinum Astro. But yeah, they have a thriving, growing community in the Algorand ecosystem. They're building DAO tools, NFTs with utility, and options protocol. There's just so much going on with Headline. Essentially, if Algorand needs it, Headline is building it. All right, everybody. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Michelle Dada. I know. Well, you I, you know you've been tweeting about um, um, EVM compatibility on layer ones through a layer two. We have a governance proposal, which I know you've also been uh, vocal about. Um, you have C three protocol coming. We have state proofs coming. There is so much to talk about. So yeah. I'll try not to keep you too long. But before we actually uh, do that. In case there's anybody out there that maybe, you know, maybe is familiar with you, but doesn't quite know your story. I know you, you've been with Algorand since basically the beginning, right? Yeah. 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 So, so can you get, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe I should get some background there. So um, I, I was based in Boston back then, you know, recently moved to Miami, but uh, during my time there, I was very involved at the, uh, you know, Bitcoin activity happening in MIT. Uh, oh, and like the, with the DCI, among other things. Um, uh, among one of those events, I met Silvio probably back in 2017 or, or 2018. I don't remember re well. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and I started deep diving alongside Pablo, my co-founder, uh, on the technology, and David Garcia from Borderless. Uh, we had a, we had like a very, very high hopes for what Silvio was building on Algorand back then. And then we kind of were thinking, how can we? Uh, capitalize on this technology, right? I mean, we think it's uh, the way they're tackling many of these problems is very noble, uh, nothing like we've seen in any other blockchain that we had worked in uh, back then. And, and that's where we thought maybe let's let's create Randlabs to become like an infrastructure provider on this network that we hope is going to mm -hmm. be very, very important in 10 years from now, right? And, and that's when we decided to found the Randlabs at the late 2018. Mm -hmm. Like they were still building the the blockchain back then, uh, and yeah, like the first product we released was the Explorer uh, before, like right on testnet launch, and we've been building on Algorand ever since. Wow. So wait, so what was it that um, had you uh, meet Silvio? How did that happen? You weren't a student. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I don't remember. I think it was at I don't Something. remember. Maybe there was like 
there was some cool like uh, blockchain dinners hosted by some of the professors at MIT. I used to attend those. I think mm -hmm. he was there, uh, or maybe in a Bitcoin conference. I really don't remember well. Uh, but right. That's when uh, we started discussing how to get us more involved and. Uh, and just maybe maybe just to humor me here. So uh, going back even a little further than that, uh, what what brought you to blockchain and cryptocurrency in general? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. So. <laughs> I, I'm Venezuelan, uh, so Venezuela, you know, failed currency, um, but also the electricity in Venezuela is subsidized, it's free, literally. Mm. And a lot of my friends were mining Bitcoin back in 2016, so I bought some machines and I started mining Bitcoin with them. Even though I was here, I had some friends host those machines and that's, I start, and that's how I got into the rabbit hole. Uh, oh, wow. I was building a consulting company back then called AlgoDepth. Uh, interestingly enough, nothing related to Agra. Oh, uh, that's more funny. Like machine learning implemented to financial markets, mm -hmm. and uh, that led like we. I started a fund called AlgoLedge, coincidentally as well, uh, back in 2016, where we started investing in companies. I had some partners give me money, and uh, we did a good job. We were early on all the ICO craze. Uh, I met a lot of you know in, uh, people in the industry, very talented individuals. Um, and that led me also to Algorand. And just we, I thought I have to focus my time in one thing, and I thought Algorand was the right place to focus it on. That's funny that you were calling everything Algo something before, because it seems it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Algorand we all want everything to be Algo this, Algo that. Yeah. Um, and and Algorand was even... first uh, actually it was called Algo Fabric. Oh really? We decided decided to change it to Randlabs. You're like, we've done too many algo somethings. We got to, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go for the second half of the word. Exactly. <laughs> <Like it too. laughs> and you mentioned, um, you mentioned David Garcia and Pablo. So um, you're also a general partner at Borderless Capital, right? Yeah, so I, I, I helped uh, start it before I, I decided to really get more involved on the, on the building side, uh, that rather than the venture side, I thought it was much more interesting. So... Uh, I'm an advisor uh, to the GP. I have some equity there, and I also an investor. Uh, so I'm a, a I'm a limited partner in, in in Borderless as well. So yeah, you have your hands in all of the Algorand uh, stuff here. So okay, so you meet Silvio in 2017. You build Rand Labs with Pablo, and um, now it's Algo Explorer, my Algo Wallet. Um, you know, what's going on there? Is there anything to talk about? Like, I mean, the my we all use the My Algo Wallet and uh, Algo Explorer. These things have just become part of, you know, uh, anybody that's very into Algorand knows these things. Um, are there any updates or anything you'd like to share about those two? Yeah, I mean, like we recently launched uh, the login portal in the Algo Explorer so that creators and builders can verify their assets and applications. Mm -hmm. We have an, a very, like, we have a very, very cool roadmap on that end. Um, we want to also enable use cases for like the normal persons that are not necessarily creators or builders so that they can have like push notification systems, address books, among many other things. Mm -hmm. um, and also in ha helping projects add a lot of information to them. Uh, the idea is to get all the, all the point to where a project or an application using API standards, among other things, can literally create a, their entire front page on the Algo Explorer, right? So that we get closer to a world where Algo Explorer is behaving like a, a an initial page for all these projects. Like you, you should get to a point where you can uh, build your own application UI without even having to have your own client. 
but we're just right. using ABI standards to construct that on the Algo Explorer. Um, and similarly, on MyAlgo, we have a, a big roadmap. We want to focus on developer tooling this year as well, helping people manage applications, deploy them, uh, among other things. Uh, we are also looking to build new products that leverage both MyAlgo and Algo Explorer, similar to Ganache, where you can build your own custom uh, instance of the algorithmic uh, blockchain in your in like in a virtual simulator so that you can test your different applications mm-hmm. uh, and yeah just looking at that i think it's a unique perspective of one where the main wallet or one of the main wallets and the Algo explorer are owned by the same entity so we want to find ways in which we can leverage that to drastically improve the user experience right so that's where a little a lot of our strategy is focusing on uh, right. in the coming year you know, so you're also coming soon, I believe, uh, C3 protocol, right? C3, which is uh, cross-chain settlements, essentially, correct? Yeah. yeah. So basically, C3 protocol is looking to disrupt FTX and Binance. That's kind of how we're seeing it. The idea is that our design enables us to have a very high throughput, low latency matching system mm-hmm. by having an off-chain server handle order flow, but using Algorand for settlements where... Uh, where it doesn't matter what blockchain your assets are, if it's Ethereum, Binance, Smart Chain, Solana, whatever it is, um, you can block collateral and execute trades on C3's matching engine, then use Algorand for the settlement of those trades. Right. You know, your matches happen instantly, settlement happens four seconds after, uh, and whenever you want to withdraw uh, your funds, you can you can you can do that regardless of where your funds are locked in. Um, so the idea is to have a bad world, remain totally decentralized, non-custodial, and trustless, while right. having the same like throughput and user experience that you would experience in a centralized exchange. Um, and like we have this very noble design that enables this, and we're very excited about that, and as well as our partners, which uh, we'll be announcing soon. Yeah, I, you know, we hear, we'll hear like Stacy Warden, um, the, you know, the CEO of the foundation, or you'll, you'll hear a lot of the people around Algorand talk about how the future could be Algorand as the settlement layer for, you know, all chains in, in a way. Do you see, do you see that that is a possibility or, and I mean, like protocol? If, if you look at like state proofs, uh, yeah. the, the security guarantees, of of them are the same almost the same as the guarantees of the blockchain itself mm-hmm. um, so if you look well, at before, like before yeah sorry to, i'm sorry to cut you off but just in case anybody out there is kind of like okay state proofs man i keep hearing this i know it's great but what does it even mean like so what do you mean or what does algorand mean when they talk about state proofs in the easiest way yeah. you know like I'm i fine. mean it's hard i get I, I, the easiest way of saying it is that um, you're generating these cryptographic proofs of the state of your blockchain cryptographic by, proofs okay yep so basically proofs that you can verify of of what's happening on the blockchain mm-hmm. and those proofs are generated by the same network that is running the consensus of the blockchain itself and that's the novelty of it where where the the network of nodes you know or stakers are that are also running the algorithm proof of uh, pure proof of state consensus are also generating these proofs of the blockchain that are very lightweight and portable. And that means mm-hmm. that you can fit these proofs similar to zero knowledge proofs in like Starknet or other implementations to a smart contract in another blockchain mm-hmm. uh, so that that smart contract can ask questions and, ask, and get and verify if they're true or not 
using these proofs that were generated by the network itself. It were, they were right. generated by five guys you trust or, 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 or by economic incentives where right. you have to post something and if you're cheating, you get slashed. It's, it's very different, right? It's way more simpler, more secure. And, it, and that's where I was saying by having the same security guarantees of the blockchain mm -hmm. itself, right? Where if you look at other bridging technologies, a lot of them are, are kind of exposed to these, uh, you know, trusting X validators or multi-sig designs and, uh, or economic incentives to achieve what is being achieved here just by using the blockchain itself. Uh, and that's kind of the cool aspect of them. Right. Okay. So then, sorry. So I kind of uh, derailed you from what you were going to say about the question um, about the settlement algorithm becoming the settlement layer. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, a cool way of looking at it. I mean, if you're, if you're looking to build on a, let's say an Ethereum L2, mm -hmm. the main reason you're doing that is to kind of save fees and, uh, uh, and kind of be scalable, right? Be able to do things, you know, in, in seconds rather than in 30 seconds or minutes, if you, depending on the finality you need. And you can achieve that uh, through L2s on Ethereum today, mm -hmm. but you could also do that through an L1 in Algorand, where you're not right. losing any of the security guarantees of the blockchain itself, because you still need like 80% of the stake uh, to validate this, this the, to, to generate these proofs or, or agree right. on these proofs, right? Right. Um, right. So, so if you're looking, if you're if you're if you're building on L2s instead of like a scalable L1 because of uh, but while still wanting to access like assets on Ethereum, you can use Algorand while you're leveraging Stateless to to lock those assets in Ethereum and ex like leveraging Algorand for the computational layer before going back to Ethereum. So the only need for an L2 in this case and Ethereum would be if you want to keep like the EVM compatibility, right? If you want right. to use Solidity, VM, then, okay, you should use Polygon instead of Algorand for that because, um, because you know, it's a different technology. But if, if, you're, if you're not really that concerned about using Solidity or VM, but rather you want more, something more scalable that's also composable with an entire ecosystem, which is the Algorand right. ecosystem, then uh, Algorand could become like that settlement layer of other L1s. Got it. Yeah, because even, you know, like Vitalik Buterin, he, he talks about, you know, Polygon, for example, and it's like, well, it's centralized. I mean, at least we have it, but, you know, it's a more centralized thing. So if you can, in the future, trust a decentralized secure layer one like Algorand, a lot of people may choose that is the idea, huh? Exactly. And like, and if you look at Vitalik's statements on why uh, cross-chain applications is not the future, he doesn't believe in cross-chain, he believes in multi-chain. Right. But he thinks because of how uh, exposed bridges will be to hacks, where you can do like double spend attacks, among other things, to really affect the, uh, the state of those uh, bridges by attacking a node or something like that, rather than the entire network. And I mm -hmm. think if you look at like the stateless implementations, that's a solution that is directly addressing some of Vitalik's concerns about cross-chain, the viability of cross-chain technologies because you're actually depending on the security guarantees of the blockchain itself for those proofs. Uh, so that like status totally dis like uh, create a solution to what Vitalik was said was impossible. So I think people should, should, should check both Vitalik's statements about why he doesn't think that's possible and then look at status and, and you know, you'll see that there's actually a solution for that. 
So how reliant is C3 protocol on state proofs? Is it, well, is it necessary? It's going to be, but it's not like necessary. We're, we want to, we're exploring other bridging technologies because we don't want to delay the roadmap. We want to launch yeah. C3 as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know state rules, they're a bit delayed. You know, it's a very complicated product. They're mm-hmm. finishing that. Oh no, once they're out, someone also has to build the Ethereum uh, side, uh, like the light client of Algorand in Ethereum, which is going to be another effort on, on its own that leverages right. the state rules. So, so because of that, we're exploring other uh, bridging technologies. In the meantime, something like Wormhole and others, we might mm-hmm. use uh, initially while Staples get get ready. So I, I actually want to talk about that uh, based on what we were just saying. But so just to be clear for anybody out there, so it, in order for state proofs to work, these other blockchains are going to have to do something, right? They, it's, it's not going to just, you know, there's going to, yeah, they're so going to have uh, to adopt it as well. Yeah, it's like I, I don't I don't know what a good metaphor is, but it's like it's like an outlet in the sense yeah. that Algorand's generating these proofs that enable Algorand to export the state to anyone else, right? Right. So that anyone else can can read them. But then you need other blockchains to adopt similar technologies so that they can also export their state to other blockchains in a secure manner. And that's mm-hmm. where the big issue is. And I think that's what Sylvia is trying to push others to understand. Where yeah. Uh, I think everyone, every every blockchain needs to solve this problem on their side, right? I mean, because if everyone has like state proofs or something like that implemented at the node level of their blockchains, then everything would be totally interoperable without requiring any intermediaries, validators, anything. It would be a, an amazing future. Right. Uh, but again, it's very hard to coordinate this, right? It's very hard yeah. to convince the Ethereum core developers to, to, to prioritize this, right? Especially if it yeah. cannibalizes some of their activity. Similarly on Solana, near near has something similar with Rainbow Bridge, no. but it's a matter of getting more uh, blockchains to to support these type of technologies, and that's where you would have an amazing like cross-chain future. Got it. And so, I mean, the good news is is that you know it in the there's a track record of people taking Silvio's uh, technology and using exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's continues. Yeah, we're hoping for that to continue. So and you it mentioned also, the staples also oh. provide like quantum protect like quantum computing protection to your blockchain yeah. so you might as well do that as well just for in case someone like in the next you know i don't know 30 years gets gets to, to build these computers well and then you know people like to talk about quantum computers and what they may be able to do to bitcoin i mean on a total sidetrack are you concerned about that about uh quantum computers and bitcoin for example i'm I- I'm not concerned, but I'm ignorant, right? I have no like I have no domain expertise uh, on that. So yeah, I know they've always been like 30 years away. So, so I don't know. I, I mean, so 10, 10 years ago they were 30 years away, and now exactly. they're still 30 years away. Okay, exactly. That's kind of what I see. So so they are a threat. Like if if if, if we get to a point where they can break, uh, you know, uh, this alg- like hashing algorithms, then uh, Bitcoin is gonna have a, a, a a hard trouble because Bitcoin is so decentralized that it's um, it's impossible to coordinate a change in time, in my opinion, to protect yeah. it against quantum computing. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my knowledge of this is uh, thin, but I do think, and, and I've talked to some people that the really the only time that uh, Bitcoin could be vulnerable to a quantum computer is during the time that a transaction needs to be finalized. And uh, and which is a problem. No, I think it takes, no, no. Okay. If you break like the SHA two fifty six, I mean, you 
you could derive like you could you could find the private key to an, right. uh, to a public address that has a, a, a you know a hundred thousand bitcoins as an example. I think Got you could it. do that with a quantum. So you you'd basically be able to to kind of which would again it's weird you just would break the like but it's, it's I think it's not only an issue of Bitcoin this it's an issue yeah. of the entire internet right the entire financial right. world yeah. runs on these uh, cryptographic primitives right so. I guess it's a bigger problem for the entire world, not only for Bitcoin. Yeah. So yeah, everybody sense. wants to like use it to to knock Bitcoin, but it's really if quantum computers can do what they're saying they could do to Bitcoin, they could do that to the entire financial um, exactly. So <laughs> infrastructure, the, the entire internet, basically. Yeah. Okay. So all right, you mentioned real quick. You mentioned um, wormhole, and I and recently they announced that they're coming to. Uh, Algorand, right, yeah. which is good news. I mean, but they were in the news recently for not such good news, right? There was a hack of their bridge to Solana, right? Um, yeah, and this is important to kind of clarify. I think one whole okay. hack on Solana wasn't, wasn't, wasn't related to the bridge itself, right? Like that was a library that was commonly used by some projects that got updated. And basically, it was a smart contract vulnerability that it could happen with any, even any L2 on Ethereum could have the same type of like attack surface that was exploited. Oh. Okay. So I think the cool thing about these bridges is that they'll, they're, they're going to happen regardless, you know. Um, so they, I think they, they enjoy this Lindy effect where the, the more TVL they have, the longer they, they, they've been battle tested, the more secure they become with time. So. Uh, I'm still bullish on all these bridges, regardless of how they're, how centralized or not their design is. I think right. the centralization component is more so a regulatory risk than a technology risk for for like wormhole validators uh, or the guardians, as they call them. But uh, I'm not that concerned about that hack. I mean, uh, that could happen to any project, regardless of how decentralized or not it is. Is what I'm trying to okay. get. Okay. Okay, so it sounds to me you're like, look, state proofs is is where we're headed, and that's where we want to be. Exactly. But in the mean, but in the meantime, you know, just like everything, we have to deal with some centralized things, and we want to get this activity going. We want to grow the TVL on Algorand. We want to bridge yeah. over assets, and and we want to get going, right? So yeah, uh, it's also important to highlight like wormhole assets are very liquid across the space, right? So when you have a wormhole ETH. It's an asset that has a lot of liquidity across the industry. It's different yeah. than having like Bri Algorand Project One, if Algorand Project Two, if which right. is very like it that segregates liquidity. So it's it's not doesn't make a lot of strategic sense. I rather if I'm a DeFi builder, I'm, I rather just use wormholes assets which are liquid across the space. Right, and they're um, they bridge to what Solana, Ethereum, now Algorand, like everything, right? Like everything. Binance, Phantom, yeah, Avalanche, Ethereum, Solana. They used to reach Terra. I guess that new Terra will be supported at some point. <laughs> uh, but that's a cool thing, right? With Wormhole, you get access to all these different assets, and it's just a matter of you know finding ways to incentivize all these users from other blockchains to come to and play on on Algorand's DeFi. Oh man, I'm I've just realized that we're in trouble with this interview because now I'm like, oh wait, now I want to know what he thinks about the uh the stablecoin, the algorithmic stable <laughs> UST. <laughs> so Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean what what do you think of that? What do you think of algorithmic stable coins and what just happened to uh Terra Luna and uh that whole thing? Yeah, I mean it's um like I don't think I don't believe in algorithmic stable coins in, in general, like 
the only way an algorithm is able to conclude work is if you're the central bank itself, right? Um, where you have the power to mean your own currency in a sense. Um, uh, and I, right. I, there's a lot of like research on this, and a lot of people were already sounding the alarms on there since, since for a long while. Um, yeah. So this was coming for like those that weren't that like you know I don't know high on on like Luna. Yeah, yeah. Luna, see if that makes sense. But but yeah, I, I guess this is our learning. It's part of the yeah. history. It's part of like the learning curve we're gonna go through. Uh, this is gonna accelerate regulatory frameworks which is good and bad as it's good if they do it right it's bad if they do it fast and wrong right uh, but it's it's you know this is how like industries evolve and it's it's part of the path so it sounds like you didn't have a substantial amount of your wealth on the anchor protocol on uh no i i did lose <laughs> i had some usds uh, oh. but that wasn't that much i mean i i did lose some but uh, yeah it's better yeah nothing nothing crazy okay so uh, we'll, I'm going to, let's go to, um, okay, uh, let's finish up on C3 protocol. So when, uh, when launch, when, when are we going to see C3 protocol? Where, where are we, yeah. where are we at? Well, we're, we're almost done in, in like a beta version internally. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that kind of works, bridges assets, kind of trades. We're going to keep building on that. And once we feel it's mature enough, maybe a month or two from now, we'll mm-hmm. release a testnet version for everyone to, to come in, we'll slowly mm-hmm. invite users to it uh, through those, you know, one or two months before we mm-hmm. can open the doors to everyone. Uh, right. And depending on how that, how well that goes, we'll see when we want to, we'll launch to main it uh, sometime, you know, I don't know, late summer, uh, Q3, we'll see. It all depends right. so on audits and, and how things course. go. And now is this, is this something that will have a token? We'll see. Well, uh, we, yeah, we want to have a token. We just don't know when we're going to, uh, kind of use it for release those plans. I don't know okay. if you give the market environment, but we do want, I think the token is good. It's going to be very unique. I'll have a lot of use cases. I think we yeah. want to make sure, you know, um, you know, like early adopters and everything, everyone is incentivized to, to not Jeez. only trade there, but they also, you know, be rewarded by governing the protocols at, 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 to some level. So we, we definitely want to add that. Cool. All right. So you recently, uh, you recently tweeted about EVM compatibility on, um, you know, la- using layer twos on layer ones. Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah. And I found that really compelling. And you would, you used um, Avalanche and Near as examples. So first off, why don't you, can you break down what happened at Avalanche and Near that kind of triggered yeah, this? Mean, free- first, I was like, I, was, I participated in this hackathon in Miami and then another one remotely, but like, like they were this, you know, from different different blockchains. So I had a good, I was seeing like what what's going on firsthand, right? So I saw literally everyone like it was, you know, out of two like I don't know, 15 teams, 15 teams were all building on Aurora, and I found that very in near. I was I was like, I found that weird, and then uh, I started investigating, asking people around, and I started realizing that this is weird, right? Like everything's happening on Aurora now. Whatever TVL is in near is kind of from from products that were there from before almost, right? And they just kept kept going, but like everything new is happening on Aurora. Mm. Um, so I started like, going through the like the rabbit hole on that sense. I was looking at what Avalanche is doing with like P-Chain, their X-Chain, uh, seeing their plans in the future regarding how they want to create like this EVM++, which adds functionality 
or, or improves the EVM. Like it, it addresses a lot of these issues that the EVM has. Uh, and I came to this conclusion, you know, looking at, at like this this activity, that it's a big risk. I mean, a lot like Nier is known today to be like being very good at convincing a lot of these projects to come and build on Nier, right? Regardless if it's in Aurora or Nier. You know, they're adding a lot of grants, giving a lot of money out. And that's fine. I mean, that's kind of like the cost of acquisition for these L1s. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that activity is going to the CVM uh, L2. And it's an L2 right. in the sense like it's it's different if you build like, I don't know, a, 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 com- a compiler, like a, a high-level language that's like Solidity, limited version of Solidity that compiles to TIL as an example. That's a, maybe that has a different like implications but if it's just an l2 where everything is yeah. happening on an evm and then every now and then you you're you're sending like roll-ups or like proofs of the state of that to the l1 then uh, there's really the l1 is not benefiting at all from that activity yeah. especially if you look at like algorand which is a completely new technology new way of doing everything from the consensus to the way teal works to the avm mm-hmm. um, and and all these networks require network effects to work out, right? If if like if five years from today everyone's not using all these unique features of Algorand, then there's gonna be no need for Algorand, right? I mean like right. EVM is gonna win and like you'll have probably five chains conquering most of the activity and probably one or two of those will be EVM based for certain mm-hmm. reasons. But apart from that, you know, why if, if if you really want to build on an EVM, you might as well go to Ethereum, to Polygon, uh, or to like I don't know Avalanche, right? Depending on how how they evolve their their EVM, right? Um, but and I don't see a use case. I mean, I'm talking about a world in which incentives are gone, right? Like, yeah, uh, it's established. You have right. this, you know, right. networks established. Now you know people have to come for the merits of the technology, and keep evolving like Linux or or others. Where we're just the technology keeps evolving by the same users. That require right. like are that are maintaining it, um, and if you don't have network effects of of those unique, you know, of your technology, which is different yeah. than EVM, then you'll 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 lose the race. But if, right. and if, if what we're seeing in the market is that if you have all these builders focus on the EVM through an L2, then no one's gonna use your L1 features, and then you you like then you wouldn't be able to, comp- like, you wouldn't have, like, AlgoFi and Fox yeah. Finance and whatever composing with each other because everything's happening on the EVM L2, and then, like, you lose all this interoperability and the cool stuff of blockchain, so then you lose the war the war or, the, or like, the game, I guess. And that's that's my concern. And I say this because when I talk... Uh, sorry to interrupt, Cooper, but... No, when, sure. I, when, I, when I mention all this, I come from a point where, you know, I'm investing my entire time on Randlabs, as an example, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm not only like I hold algos and everything, but I, this is like if if anyone in here is like exposed to the success of Algorand or like investing a lot of time and making and wanting it to win, it's 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 me, I would say, right? As as well as like everyone else, but um, yeah. but we're very focused on the Algorand technology. So in that sense, I'm trying to make sure it wins, and my yeah. my thoughts come from like that point of view. Of course. So just so I understand, and I think I do, and make sure everybody else understands. So basically what's kind of happening right now is Near is giving a lot of money to people to build, you know, theoretically on Near, but everyone's right. actually coming over, taking that money and building on Aurora. And then, exactly. and so that's EVM, right? So that's a layer two EVM on Near. 
And what could eventually happen to Near is that all these projects is just kind of like a placeholder until the merge or whatever happens over at Ethereum. And then if Ethereum kind of figures it out, exactly. you know, then, and then they don't, or they're not. Polygon, I mean, like yeah, any Polygon. other L2, right? Um, right? And it's important to note, like, yeah, they're spending all this money to bring, and it's very easy to build an EVM. There's like hundreds of bulletproof libraries out there. So for developers, it's so easy to just port code, build new things, just reusing a lot of code out there. So it's, when you get like a good check to write to build something on here, it's it's way easier to just do it on Aurora, given this, you know how 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 much tools there are for on the EVM, right. uh, and also like you have like let's say near even our Algorand as an example, these projects are spending hundreds of millions of dollars, building all these novelties on their L1, yeah. and but then they're spending all these millions of dollars, you know you know and driving users to to an EVM L2 that, ha that are not like at all leveraging all the novelties and money you spend and R&D you spend building them, right? So, so right. that's kind of where, that, where the risk is, where you're yeah. kind of throwing a lot of this value that you spent so many years building and, in, oh, and innovating on to the trash uh, by making it so easy, like just going through the shortcut, right? And it would, it would be like if, if Ethereum didn't exist, if Polygon didn't exist or these better alternatives that might have a better future, on the EVM right. side, then okay, you should adopt like an EVM and it'll do, but like when you have so many EVM alternatives, right? You have like 20, maybe more, I don't know. Um, I think you'll see like what happened with Binance Smart Chain, right? Like Binance Smart Chain had this massive success. Everyone was building there. It was scalable EVM, but like the, the incentives dwindled, everything dwindled and everyone's going back to like Polygon, what's, which I'm looking seeing right now, right? So I would mm -hmm. expect a lot of these EVM alternatives to have a similar you know, I don't know, pump and dump uh, throughout the yeah. BSC experience. That makes sense. I know we were actually, uh, we were together. We um, we got lost uh, with Kelly in Denver. Yeah. And what I remember. And, um, but we, uh, there was an announcement about, you know, trying to encourage, and that was the Ethereum conference, but we're trying to encourage, uh, you know, EVM compatibility, EVM interoperability. Um, do you, what are your thoughts on how Algorand's approaching it currently? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, again, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're, if you, if you need to act fast and do, like, figure things out, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, like, logic, th logical thing to incentivize someone to build an EVM on your blockchain, right? It's like, yeah. hey, there's so many projects, let's do it. And then, so I think... Th that's what happened. I mean, and it's fine. That's what everyone's doing. Like, it's, <laughs> but now you know, after really, if you really think about it, at least this this is my opinion, right? I might be totally wrong, but from yeah. my perspective, from my own like due diligence and research, I believe now that that's a mistake. Um, and I might be totally wrong, but I just think like, you know, Algorand is here. It's it's been lagging on adoption compared to other less noble uh, blockchains. Uh, and a, a, a portion of that is also because of the trade-offs they had to make, right? Like, there's a reason why Teal is the way it is. The ABM is the way, there's a reason why these limitations are imposed. Uh, and it's because, you know, Algon is, is trying to win, like, the long-term game, right? By making sure they're making the right decisions now so that the blockchain has this, you know, four-second latency forever or less. And, like, you never go over that. Um, right. Or else you'll experience things like what Solana is experiencing today where, you know, they're... Let's just build it, 
let's just get people to work on it and then we'll figure it out later. And I right. think that's a huge mistake in the sense that, you know, maybe they will don't figure it out on time and people will get, even like yesterday, Solana was down all day, right? So, yeah. Um, uh, and I, so like, same thing with Terra as an example. So I think like what's happening in the market is, you know, all these shortcuts taken are, you know, or like they're, they're, all those debts are coming back, right? Uh, so yeah. um, Algorand has done the, the, the right but hard decision of like not taking shortcuts and dealing everything right, even though it might push adoption years down the line. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's a risk they had to take. They took it, but now if you add the EVML too, I think you know it, that strategy might get hampered if that if that makes sense. So and that's my concern. I think it's inevitable now. I think EVML tools are coming. You know, I, there was a massive grant out there. I know projects mm -hmm. are building them, coming and building it. So at this point, it's a matter of maybe educating the community and the ecosystem about mm -hmm. these risks or threat, so that we can somehow protect these risks right or hedge yeah. against them and and as long as we're, we're we're alert about this and we try to do something about it hopefully you know it's not going to be that bad right and then yeah exactly i mean so it sounds like you're saying okay so these layer twos are going to come and evm you know interoperability will happen but the major risk that you are trying to say is like okay look what we don't want to turn out is like we we have a deal with FIFA or something, and then everything is built on this layer two. Yeah, uh, that would be absurd, right? <laughs> that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, and that makes so much sense. And so and it's then, gonna and decrease the barriers of exit, right? Like if you're an yeah. EVM and you get tired, and someone bribes you in a new blockchain or someone else, yeah, you just you can say, sleep. let me take this code and put it there. Um, yeah. So it's it's just bad in many sense, I, I guess. Yeah. So as maybe if if we put it there, but we avoid putting incentives in place, like we don't reward DeFi there or anything like that, like we don't put right. resources to that. Yeah. It, that would well, be cool. But um, yeah, we'll that see. makes that makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense. They've already rewarded some of this uh, building to happen, and then now that it's here, it's available to use to communicate with the Algorand blockchain in a way that's very cheap and fast and everything. Exactly. And then if you're going to reward anything, it's going to be stuff that's being built yeah, on the, the layer one, on the exactly. AVM. Well, I, I agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, what, what else was I going to say about that before I moved on? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. So let's move on to governance because this is the topic of the day. Everybody, you know, starting, I guess it was yesterday. You could start voting on this. And, um, you know, there's a proposal to uh, incentivize basically DeFi use, which will give certain D uh, DeFi protocols uh, double voting power, not double rewards, but double voting power. Um, if they have a certain TVL, I think it was 10 million, but now they've lowered it to 1 million. I mean, maybe you understand this a little better than I do right now, because it, it does seem to be kind of changing as we go. But... Um, I don't know, maybe just we'll have a discussion about it, but your initial thoughts yeah. on um, XGov and this new proposal to incentivize DeFi use. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if, if it's better to start with like, before that, uh, like some thoughts on, on overall the governance in general, the ecosystem, right? That yeah, kind of, let's do that. Maybe that, that all that discussion that took place like in the Algorand forum in Twitter, maybe yeah. like had some some effect into these um, measures right that are putting out the board right. Uh, right. at least i believe so um, okay. so basically you know we've been seeing you know like 
maybe a quick recap. I'm, I'm sure most already understand this 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 uh, discussion. But as a quick recap, you know, you have this governance rewards, which is 200 and I don't know 280 million algos per year being mm -hmm. diluted, right? You have yeah. like an inflation rate of 280 million algos per year. It's not people need to understand and and think about those concepts, like whatever. I don't know what the supply is uh, in general, but your algos that you're holding. Uh, like someone's taking the decision to dilute them uh, for the uh, these measures. Let's start with like those right. pre like first principles thinking, right? So yeah, and so then you have that, ten algos yeah. and you're 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 kind of diluting those ten algos to like nine algos. I'm just exaggerating for simplicity uh, to achieve what with this new program, which is you know rewarding people that are participating in governance. Yeah. All right. So then, like, but but the the caveat here is that. The there's no requirements, right? You 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 you're 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 not locking your algos. You just have to send a text to the blockchain saying, "Hey, I want to be a governor," and as long as you don't decrease your balance, uh, you'll get rewarded, right? But there's nothing you have to do. You can still hold those algos with BitGo, Coinbase Custody, with a uh, with your Nano Ledger. You can memorize those algos. There's nothing you have to do to sacrifice on the custody side. Similarly, you don't have to lock them in any smart contract at all, right? And mm -hmm. so. Uh, which would be cool if you could have some, if you like Algorand Foundation logs them in a smart contract, it gives you an IOU. Maybe that can open the, the, the world of possibilities, but still, uh, there's no risk at all. So you're yeah. giving 280 million algos out, diluting everyone with no risk being taken. Uh, right. And that kind of creates this bad dynamics in which you have all these institutional investors, which are the majority holders, right? Like. There should be no doubt that these whales are the ones that decide these measures. It doesn't matter, and this might be a little bit polemic, but it doesn't matter what you, Cooper, are going to vote or what I'm going to vote. It's it's the whales who are going to decide, right, at the end of the yeah. day, which is the first thing I don't like because whales are not taking custody risk. They're not taking smart contract risk. Hmm. They're just, you know, holding and, you know, governing. And yeah. earning 280 million. Uh, a big portion of that 280 million algos, right? Yeah, at uh, zero at zero risk. They can right. just hold. They can hold that on their ledger or however they're holding it, and just be you know. While we're getting 300 algos or whatever it is, you know, they're getting many more than that, right? Exactly, and and, and my concern is like not only that, but like you have DeFi alive now on algo and, and like you know algo fi yeah. tiny man fox finance backfi all these guys are doing a great job um, yeah. and and but they are like battling another which is was already a steep mountain now it's an even steeper mountain given that you are competing against a sharp ratio of infinity right mm -hmm. where you're receiving seven percent apy with zero risk so the sharp ratio is infinite compared to whatever cluster risk smart contract risks even if it's 30%, the sharp ratio will never be close to infinity. And right. so, so it's very, it's very hard to get these DeFi protocols to uh, to attract a lot of these institutional players. And so, if their TVL is lower. It's harder to attract um, uh, value to their protocols because they're competing against their own blockchain, which is crazy, right? If you're building <laughs> a DeFi, you're spending all, you're investing your time, resources, sweat, like yeah. brain cells. In, in, in building in this network yeah, and the network is cannibalizing your own like efforts, then it's like, okay, this is a big no-no, at least for me. And I think right. those dynamics need to be fixed. And that's what I was, you know, trying to, to talk about in the community. Like there was a forum about it and it, 
And the discussion over there was great. I think it's very evident that the community really understands this problem and are very, uh, like, they agree. I, at least from what I saw in, in the forums, uh, there's an overall consensus that this is right. I mean, this is a, a, an right. issue and it, it needs to be fixed. And that's great. And I think Foundation knows that. And I think they're, they see that. And, and I think, you know, these measures, in my opinion, the current ones, do not address these problems at all. I mean, just giving DeFi protocols more voting power it's... has nothing to do with the root cause of this problem. Right. Um, I, I don't know if I, I have no like I don't talk to to like the foundation about this, so I have no idea what the logic is. Maybe it's because they need more time yeah, to digest this information, and then the next voting session they'll come up with a better solution. That could be it. Maybe mm -hmm. they need to give the, the community more voting power so that the next session can be can be passed with, even though the whales might, might vote against it i don't know i like i'm just speculating here right um, but in general in my opinion like i would just shut the rewards altogether if people can govern with their algos without having to get rewards for it in my opinion and just right. refocus that 280 million inflation towards better use developing more tooling right like Developing on ABM until it's hard. You like there's a lot of more work need to be done to get to the levels of solidity and, and the EVM. So I would spend 280 million algos a year in that, right? Or 280 million algos in incentivizing wormhole assets, as an example, right? I would like if I was, you know, the 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 owner of Algorand, I would put like 280 million dollars for wormhole assets yeah. a year, and then it, like all wrapped ETH would get 108 100% APY on Algorand. All Solana uh, uh, would get like all souls would get 100% APY on Algorand. That's what I would do, just to really uh, we're in a war at, at at this level, right? So you know you really need to be as disruptive as possible, and and I think that's a better use of our inflation. Does that make sense? Because Got this it. impacts everyone here. And yeah, we have to be smart in how we allocate that. Yeah. So, I mean, all governance really is doing right now is keeping whales invested, essentially. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and these are whales that are going to be there, right? I, yeah. I like, I yeah, doubt they're... a lot of these whales are going anywhere with or without the rewards. So you're just, right. you're just inflating everyone's stake. Are we like, at a, are we at a point where it's like, in order to do what you said, wouldn't we have to vote for that to happen? And then now because of the way it's structured the whales have control so they'd never vote for that i mean that sounds bad. yeah but i mean yeah but I, <laughs> but it's i mean the whales have a huge stake in algorand right in algorand yeah. so i mean they must know that 280 million algos well spent can 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 can, can like 10x your algo price yeah. right so it's like 10x with 280 million algos well spent compared to 7 right. 8% right so Right, if right, you look right. at in, in those eyes, I would imagine like Wales would agree with like, okay, maybe there's a better way of using this money um, right. to, to increase the price of the algo. So then with where we're at right now today, I mean, you said that it doesn't really address the problem um, that you see. So how are you voting on this? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Um, again, like uh, <laughs> me, I only vote just to make sure I don't lose my rewards. I know yeah. my my vote will have no impact. I know that yeah. community's vote won't have any impact. At least that's my yeah. I think. I have to look at the stats, but I'm pretty sure about that. So right. in general, I don't know. I have to look at the measures. Um, probably Valgrand Foundation is is 
uh, suggesting we vote on, on those options. I'm probably going to follow them. I don't want to, I don't want to make their job even harder than it already is. Right. Uh, yeah. But in general, I, I mean, I'm more interested in what's going to happen after this rather than this one. I don't think this changes too much. Uh, the, yeah. I don't think like, I don't think the TVL is going to go up because of this measure, even if, it, if option A passes, it, it doesn't really tackle the root cause. So overall, this doesn't change like the, the dynamics going on uh, in DeFi in Algorand. So, I mean, I, and you speculated a little on it in the beginning of this was that it, it's potentially they're giving more voting power to DeFi in order to pass future things. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I, I right? don't know, but I still, it's, it's going to be so like, I mean, you need billions. Yeah, yeah. Of algorithms yeah. to change that, right? So I don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't and imagine. And there's not a... There's not an infinite amount either. I mean, I think it's, you know, we're almost up to 7 billion in circulating. So there's only less than a third uh, left to be released. So that's 3 billion. If you're giving out 280 million every year, that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's not that long. I mean, 2030 is like, we have, we have 3 billion algos left to win the race. Yeah. That's how we have to see this, right? So how are we going to win the top five block, like technologies out there with yeah. 3 billion algos left? And, well, it's we a have, very hard problem to solve. It's I a mean hard that, problem, like, but it does seem like I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm in a bubble. You know, I I help. You know, I help in the bubble. I'm over here trying to talk and, and entertain and have fun. So I obviously believe this, but I do truly believe that you know Algorand is setting itself up in a real way. I mean, if you you mentioned it earlier, Solana. I mean, how many times are people really going to watch Solana go down and think that exactly, this is the, man? It's... This is the future, and then you have things like. You know, like, like Luna we're, blowing up. I mean, um, that's how Luna. the entire planet disappeared. Luna just blew up. Solana can't stop going down. Cardano moves at the slowest pace. No, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so, you have, so, you have here, right? Near, near is now, yeah. you know, Aurora won near. So, so near is now. It's Aurora versus Ethereum Avalanche. So, uh, we're yeah. not even talking about near anymore. And so <laughs> yeah, Nier's just being eaten by Ethereum, right? And exactly. so, <laughs> so, so that's how I, I mean. Algorands, I, I, this is like the year where the right, the best technologies are gonna showcase their capabilities, right? You're seeing yeah. everyone going down, um, uh, and that's positions Algorand greatly. I think a lot of these trade-offs uh, are gonna pay off. You know what? Like the engineering team at Algorand has been doing a great job, and uh, and I, I think they just have to continue on that path and making sure you know we. We find a way to build all the tooling necessary around it so that, you know, leveraging all this technology is super easy and, and there's a lot of resources. I mean, we're getting we're close. It's, it's like we're not that far. It's it's just yeah. more work and, and more time and we should get there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to ignore FIFA and Nigeria and, you know, El Salvador. There's, yeah, a, there's a lot, you know, Algorand's being used. Um, and so that's a good thing. Uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so I feel like, I feel like we did basically what I wanted to do. Now, just for anybody out there, just to go back to, well, I'm gonna ask you two more things. Let's go back to C3 protocol right now. And maybe just to make it simple, it, explain how maybe a C3 protocol is different than um, some of the things that are already exist on Algorand. I think it's, it's different in the sense that um, the user experience will work this way which is what's cool about it. You just log into an exchange, which will be C3, C3.io, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll have an exchange, you'll mm -hmm. have 
spot trading, leverage, you'll be able to lend money and earn APY. You'll mm -hmm. be able to borrow that money to execute trades with leverage. Uh, you also have perpetuals in the future. To... Mm -hmm. So it's going to look like Binance UI in a sense. Right. The only difference is that instead of logging in with an email and a password, you'll log in with any wallet. It doesn't matter if it's a Phantom wallet, if MetaMask wallet, Algorand wallet. It you, like will support all the wallets that from all the blockchains, and and that's kind of the user experience. If you think about it, that's very revolutionary because you won't have to change wallets. Meaning that if you're using MetaMask, you'll be able to execute trade with MetaMask. If you're using Phantom wallet, you'll execute trades with Phantom wallet, or with Pera or with MyAlgo. Right. Uh, and that's the the cool thing about it, where you were completely disrupting that custody side where we're enabling anyone to custody their their assets however they want and execute trades however they want mm -hmm. without even knowing that Algorand is working behind the, the the scenes, without even knowing what bridge is working behind the scenes. It's yeah. all going to be exacerbated from the user. Okay. And, and the design of it is the novelty of how this is accomplished, um, which will be releasing more details on, on this. Mm -hmm. But that's what I think is disrupted. It's like, a global exchange that uh, that has no counterparty risk that is accessible you can use a custodian to access it and delegate the you can like deposit collateral using a custodian and sign a delegation key so that a hot wallet can execute trades but cannot withdraw money mm. uh, so we're making we're putting a lot of efforts into all these solutions so that everyone can custody their assets in whatever blockchain whatever wallet they want and execute trades on this like global matching system Wow. Um, so, so I, 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 that's what gets me very excited. I, I really think we're gonna have a, a, a way to compete against centralized exchanges uh, through, 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 through C3. So, uh, I'm not very, and I'm not, I'm not very concerned or looking at like what's going on on DeFi. I'm more concerned about like how can we improve on the, how centralized exchanges are, are, are acquiring users and how can we compete against those. Wow. That's amazing. And so is there a competitor out there? Is there on anywhere else? Is there anything like this other than like a Binance and, um, yeah, you know. um, well, like DYDX is a similar architecture where mm -hmm. they are using an off chain matching system, but they're using Starknet for the scalability. We're using Algorand for our settlement instead of an L2. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the closest design I've seen out there. Mango mm -hmm. markets is similar where in Solana, where they have this very novel risk engine mm -hmm. that enables you to cross margin across different products. It's all on Solana L1. It's a central limit order book on chain. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have a very similar risk engine than the one we're using. So on C3, you'll be able to like open a perpetuals and a position and a spot position and be able to, to counterbalance each other on the margin requirement. Wow. Uh, so that's going to enable you to do more as a, as a sophisticated trader. So that's kind of a very similar design on the risk part, not on the, the settlement part, but on the risk engine. Uh, so I would, that's another one that comes to mind. Got it. Got it. Well, that's exciting. So and that's all happening this year. So that's it. That's an exciting yeah. thing. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of settle this. We'll, we'll, we'll finish this with, you know, there's a lot of uh, technical upgrades also coming to Algorand. I know you don't work at Algorand Inc or anything like that, but, I'm sure you you know you know more than I do. And uh, how how close are we to uh, transactions? You know, uh, you know, to ten thousand transactions per second. How how close are we getting to finality to two seconds or whatever it is? And uh, you know, are you and, and you said state yeah. proofs? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm 
I maybe I have the same information as you do in the sense that I'm, <laughs> I'm not very. I haven't asked recently uh, yeah. about those timelines, uh, yeah. but I, this year should a lot of this should be done, right? Like uh, the yeah. staples should be done this year. The uh, I've seen a lot of like uh, GitHub uh, merges on the in the state proof side, so I, I, I imagine right. that's gonna come close. Um, that's what yeah, that's what I saw some guys on Discord talking about. They were seeing on GitHub a lot of state proof stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that should be soon. Um, I know they're adding like these boxes on the AVM, like basically allows you, allows you to access like unlimited storage, which mm-hmm. is gonna solve a lot of pain points for developers. That should be out in like, I don't know, three months or so, maybe more. Okay. Um, and I, again, everything I would have stay like maybe Paul should, is the right person to answer this, but I would <laughs> estimate a lot, most of this should be done this year. This year, not all. and and it just occurred to me. It's like, yeah, so state proofs can can go live and can be ready, but that still isn't everything that you need because no, you need because all these other like, everywhere no, else. But no. we, not only that, but we need the 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 build the light client on Ethereum, right? Yeah, that's what Which I mean. Which is yeah. the one consuming the state proof. So that's gonna be an, uh, another big project by itself. Not that right. not as big, but it's gonna be important, right? So it's gonna add to the to the timelines. Maybe that's gonna take I don't know three months or so to build. Got um, it. So Got it. so yeah, just you know have that in mind before they actually become usable for for bridging. Got it. I mean, so can Algorand go around and build these light clients on all these different blockchains and not have to wait for uh, you know these blockchains to decide to do? Yeah, so? they, they could. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure they're prioritizing that. I don't think okay. so, but but they could. Yeah. Um, no, that's maybe you know we, what I would expect to happen is like uh, blockchains like wormhole or like sorry bridges like wormhole and others might improve their design by leveraging these state proof or state proof like technologies in the future mm-hmm. at least that's what I, I would think will happen in the market where you have these bridges now leveraging these more advanced technologies while maintaining like, like leveraging their brand as well right so mm-hmm. you'll still use wormhole but instead of having like 19 guardians you might be using state proof but using the wormhole bridge got it all right and i'm bouncing around a little bit because i know we're about to we're about to close this up but so when it comes to governance um oh jesus i just lost my train of thought oh that's what it was so when it comes to governance the uh i mean do you kind of wish that just this never happened because what's the point really if it's yeah i I think it's 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 been like the it's it's been way more negative than positive for the yeah. ecosystem, in my so opinion, what, like is this? I, I I always assumed, and maybe it's uh, misdirected, but I always assumed that it had something to do with uh, regulation and further decentralizing. And so, you know, the foundation isn't the they can point to decentralization rather than the foundation for a lot of the decision making. But I don't know. M- maybe I, I I have no idea. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe actually if. I would say having governance makes it like increases the risk of the regulatory side than decreasing it, right? It's one thing to just being used as a as, as the way it's being used. It has less of a you know security nature of it. I believe I'm not a lawyer. I have no idea, but in any case, I would think that would increase the risk instead of not. But maybe that was the case. I I, I really don't know. I'm maybe it's just you know. They were just trying to find a, a better way to have the community speak out on what they want to do, and this was the first attempt. Uh, right. I think there's better ways of doing this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And people need All to right. remember, like decentralization is not necessarily good. 
and look at what's going on with Ethereum, right? It's been like a hundred years they're trying to implement this ETH 2.0. We don't really know how, how well it's going to go. Uh, and it's because of how decentralized they are, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like the the more decentralized the protocol is, the harder it becomes to execute. Yeah. Uh, at least on the governance side. So I think, you know, guys like, I don't know, maybe Cooper, you might know more. I might know more. Algorithm might know more what on what, what a better strategy might be than just crowdsourcing that's for and most people won't even be informed and they'll just want to make money and, and vote on anything as long as yeah. they make money uh, yeah. so at some point that I, I don't i don't really like it's hard to coordinate when you have a uh, a lot of these big big decisions being made uh, across different entities uh, across the world yeah and i think a lot of people also say that when it comes to like DAOs and things like that like, as well yeah, so, I mean, so it, it is hard when everybody has a say it, it's it's hard you know you got a big family and you're trying to figure out what movie to go to. I mean, it's difficult. You know, to... Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll end it there. You know, we're, we're about an hour. I, I thank you so much for taking the time. Is there, is there anything else? Is, did I miss anything? What, what do you think? No, I mean, I don't think so. Just, you know, reminding everyone, it's important that you guys keep an eye on uh, defending the L1 whenever these yeah. L2 EVMs come in, make sure you kind of, speak out and protect the AVM, protect the novelties from the L1, right? Making sure those are being prioritized over everything else. Um, and on the governance side, you know, speak out as well. I mean, it's, it's make sure you're, you're, you kind of, you make sure you understand you're getting diluted. Um, yeah. Well, and that's a, that's another thing that I was thinking, you know, I, I've, I've said many times on my channel is that like, look, it's almost a protective measure to participate in governance because if you're just holding, you know, algo, I expect participation rewards are gone. You're just being diluted. You better go exactly. grab, you better grab the algo because this isn't, uh, you know, yeah, it's not yeah, doing you any true. favors if you're not. So, yeah. And also one other thing, maybe we should talk about this in a future day is like, yeah, I've seen a lot of discussion about incentivizing nodes, uh, yeah. like really nodes, participation nodes. I think right. that's a mistake, in my opinion. Okay. And we can talk about it, but like, uh, like the the unique thing about Algorand's proof of stake is that it's it's the only consensus apart from from, from proof of work that doesn't end up with centralization of money and centralization of uh, of the stake because right. it doesn't reward stake, right? You like, given how amazing and simple that consensus is, it doesn't require economic incentive. So. If we add incentives, then you're kind of we're contaminating a lot of what makes Algorand so unique and decentralized, right? Where a lot of Bitcoin maximalists bash about proof of stake because it leads to the same uh, dynamics that centralized systems or of Web2 lead, where the people with power retain the power over the long run because they keep earning the, the power or the votes. Mm -hmm. uh, but but Algorand is the only one out there that doesn't like suffer this issue uh, right. because it doesn't reward state. So it's very right. important to like, to have that in mind when having those discussions about uh, changing governance rewards to so maybe incentivizing node runners, uh, you might be kind of attacking one, one of the things that make Algorand most unique. Now, I mean, obviously the idea behind that is to increase the decentralization and incentivize more and more nodes because with no incentive, then, you know, then it, it remains small. And so I guess people are concerned about a, a small amount yeah. of nodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, the outline is more important than the, the steak than the nodes. I mean, this, it's important to have the steak decentralized and more, more so that steak participating. What's going on in outline is that a lot of the steak is not participating and that's bad. Yeah. Because it becomes cheaper to attack the blockchain. Um, so right. we have to, yeah, I agree. Like, if we have some incentives, they have to be very well thought. Um, maybe like incentivizing the hardware rather than the stake. I don't know. We have to, like, there needs to be thought put into place for this. Um, to, to, again, to re make it very unique, re retain that uniqueness of uh, being the only proof of stake consensus that doesn't centralize more stake through time, but rather just, you know, decentralizes it through time. Right, right. Yeah, that, well, that's another conversation. I, I, I won't put you through it, but I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, it's difficult. That is a difficult thing because like you said, with not a lot participating with, um, then I guess it does make it vulnerable to attack. But, yeah, or like that, it becomes cheaper to attack, basically. Cheaper yeah. atta to attack. So, but I mean, as as you see it, you know, we all say it, you know, Algorand's never been down, it can't fork, it's, you know, it's never been attacked. Like, do you see that Algorand is vulnerable in any of these ways or? No, but I mean, at some point, not now, right? But in the future, if you have a trillion dollars or a hundred billion dollars of TVL, yeah. uh, and, and you can attack the network with, I don't know, $300 million or so, uh, that yeah. becomes an issue, right? So, so it's not an issue today, but you make issue, like it might become an issue in the future once you that the consensus is controlling a lot of value or right. protecting a lot of value. So then, is it you know, you you hear about uh, Bitcoiners running Bitcoin nodes and they're not earning it's any like Bitcoin. Bitcoin, right? Like Bitcoin, uh, like full nodes control the network, right? As, as yeah. proven in the in the uh, block wars in 2017. So full nodes control control the Bitcoin network. They have thousands and thousands of them around the world, and they have no incentives. There's that's no that's incentive exactly to run a full node of Bitcoin, and and people run it because they want they believe in the network. They're supporters of the network, and I think similarly that's how Algorand should evolve. Where you know you're running your participation node, but more importantly, you have to put your stake to participate. That's the important thing, right? Uh, that people, if you have a stake in in a ledger or somewhere, just try and run a node and put your stake to participate. That that might help. Right. That's what I was, yeah, that was the, my exact point is that there are, you hear Bitcoiners always run, they run a full node and they're getting no incentive. Exactly. So it could be in our best interest, but you're saying it's not, it's, it's, it's not uh, all that helpful to run a node with, you know, you're with 300 uh, algo or something like that. So exactly. It, I mean, on the security side, right? I mean, on the like, security side, it's, about important, being it's, it's, it's an important variable, obviously to make like, the consensus, yeah. more, more hardware running the consensus, but I mean, uh, on the given algorithm design, what's more important is the stake itself. So yeah. at least making sure whales put that extra effort to, to sign a simple participation key and, uh, and put yeah. it out like, you know, we need more of that, right? And maybe we should also work with like the tools. Maybe my algo should make it very easy to do that. Uh, so yeah. I don't know, we have to find ways well, to, but it's not a problem today. It, I'm, it, this might be a problem like, years on the line uh, as we grow yeah. in TVL, uh, just to make totally. sure like people are not like very alarmed. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're, there's no, Algorand's not um, at threat of being attacked. But now, uh, forgive my ignorance here, but can you run a node, um, a participation node with your stake and still participate in governance? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%, 100% right? So it's yeah, no problem. Yeah, because you sign, you sign a participation key, mm -hmm. 
and that's it, right? Like the stake remains in your wallet. Uh, and the participation key is what's used to identify how much of that stake it, like should be used for the lottery. Okay. And then, you know, another thing that now, and then I really will let you go is when, I mean, and I know that I think Pact is working on it, but like, it would be real nice if in Algorand DeFi, we could use Ledger. We could use our ledgers. Oh yeah, man. That's, <laughs> we need uh, that. No, we've been, we've been trying to, to work on that since like for years now, literally, right? Yeah. We got to the point where we just gave up because you have to convince the guys working on Algorand Inc. firmware, like, because you have the Algorand firmware app. So you have to work and convince the Algorand guys to work on it. And then you also have to convince the Ledger guys to, to post the, the push the, the updates. It's, it was a mess. We decided it wasn't worth the battle. Uh-huh. But now I think, you know, they're realizing it was very important. And I, and I hopefully, hopefully, uh, Pac will get that done soon. Uh, but that's been a, I can tell you that's been a massive, like, that's had a massive impact on TVM. I am sure about that. A hundred percent. When we're talking about, um, yeah, when we're talking about whales participating in DeFi, if they can't use the ledger. Ledger, I, it's absurd. I mean, like. Well, and then, I, then I mean, like, and not to bring. The thing, like, I would spend, I would spend. 280 million algos instead of that maybe i will spend 280 million algos solving this problem and that might get you to a higher tvl right yeah well uh, and i did see that pact um is incorporating fireblocks which should be a good step right that should be that's that should a be great good. that i mean that's, yeah, that's a, great. a great uh that's that's a great thing i mean everyone should do that that's how you get to be love. i mean that's whales have a huge amount of money like yeah that's like c3 we're we're like at the MVP, we're finding ways so that custodians can actually delegate their keys so that a hard wallet can trade without losing collateral. Like, I and I would incentivize other DeFi protocols to think that way, right? Like that. Whales have a lot of money, and you should make sure you also are thinking how they to make their life easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. And, you know, you're welcome anytime. So when C3 Protocol goes live, maybe you'll choose to come on here and we can talk about it. Definitely cool, Brandon. Thank you for yeah. this. That was very fun, man. All right. It was, real, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. See ya. And...